Today we're sponsored by the Children's Book Podcast. The Children's Book Podcast features insightful and sincere interviews with authors, illustrators, and everyone involved in taking a book from drawing board to bookshelf. With over 500 episodes to choose from, there's an interview and a book connection for everyone. Crafting story with Katie Camillo, expressing through poetry with Nikki Grimes, finding quiet spaces with Tommy DePaula, connecting with history and heritage through poems with Margarita Engel, seeing readers with Kwame Alexander. Find your next book to love with the Children's Book Podcast, hosted by me, Matthew Winner. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Kid Lit These Days, a book riot podcast. Kid Lit These Days is your Kid Lit connoisseur, pairing the best of children's literature with what's going on in the world today. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Karina Yanglazer is on vacation, but joining us is our special guest co-host, Tears of Price. We are recording on July 17, 2019. Hi, Tearsa. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Thank you so much for being here. And just like on the Children's Book Podcast, I love those moments of talking before recording. They're so wonderful to get to know other folks in the podcasting world and also the book riot world. It's so much fun. Yes. And I was so excited when Kidlet These Days was announced. Um, and I'm so glad that we have this podcast for with Book Riot. It- It is awesome to be part of a family of podcasts. Let me just put that out there. But I digress. Tirza, this is our first time talking on air together, and I would love to get to know you alongside our listeners. Do you mind if I ask you a couple bookish questions? Absolutely. Go right ahead. Okay. So how long have you been at Book Riot, and what do you do at Book Riot? So I began working for Book Riot or writing for Book Riot in 2016 just as a contributor. And then about a year ago, I came on as a contributing editor. So I still write a lot of content for the site, but now I also do some behind the scenes things um, with Book Riot's other um, services like TBR, which is their tailored book recommendation service. And I write the weekly YA column and the weekly book fetish column. And I work on a couple other um, podcasts, including the Read Harder podcast, which is an exclusive for our insiders, and the Recommended podcast, which is the podcast that we have where your favorite authors recommend a book to you. You are doing all the podcasts. I love it. It's a lot it's of not things. Often, not often that I run into someone where I'm like, ooh, you you are also very busy. I like it. <laughs> um, so what do you do by day when you're not book rioting? Well, so most of my job right now is book rioting. I, I freelance and I do a lot with them. Yeah. Um, my, the other part of my job is I am a writer. So I write novels and I've got some fun stuff coming up here soon that I cannot announce yet, but it is coming. Ooh, what age do you write for? Um, mostly for young adults, but I have uh, um, my Master's of Fine Arts in writing for children and young adults from Vermont College of Fine Arts. So children's and nice. young adult, totally my jam. I have a number of friends that both teach and have gone through the program at VCFA. That is cool. It's okay, fantastic. Um, what is, I, I, I've heard, <laughs> what's your favorite book from childhood? Oh, that's so hard. Um, just well, then, just like muscle memory. What's one that just you remember as being special to you? Okay, so unlike a lot of people, I never read Nancy Drew as a kid. However, I did read this other like girl mystery sort of historical series. And I went to a Lutheran school growing up. So it was like a Christian Nancy Drew. That's what I always refer to it as. And it was the Mandy series by Lois Gladys Leopard. And there are like 60 books in the series and they're just short like chapter books. And it's about this um, 
little girl in I think turn of the century South Carolina and she solves all these amazing mysteries so I love that series when I was about third and fourth grade I tore through them all so I still kind of have a a fond fond memories of those books that's awesome okay I want you to think about what your favorite book is now but I'm going to give you a second to think about it as I read our first sponsor Have you tried out Book Riot Insiders, just mentioned by Tirza? If not, your time is now. It's our resource specially designed for our fellow book nerds, and you can try it for free for two weeks. There are different levels available, so you can decide which perks you want, from a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter to exclusive podcasts and giveaways. And speaking of perks, we've got a new release index curated by resident reader Liberty Hardy, so you can see the most exciting new books coming in the next few months. Check it out and sign up for your 14-day free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. All right, Tirza, speaking of new books, what is something you've read recently that you're really into? Something I've read recently that I'm really, really into. Um, Okay, so there's this book. It's an adult book. Sorry, I know this is kidlet. Um, It's (laughs) called American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson, and I've been recommending it left and right because it's a really compelling thriller and family story. And um, I really like it. I don't read as much adult fiction as I do young adult and kidlet. Um, but this was one of those like really, really standout books for me that I read earlier this year. Nice. I'm also currently reading an adult book, which is very unlike me. But it's summer. So as, as a teacher, when I get on summer break, I tend to do my like professional learning <laughs> yes. and, and just my professional growth stuff over the summer. So I... I I like doing that. I'm doing a, an online book club with some library friends after reading White Fragility, which was a, a really great read. And now I'm personally listening to the audiobook, the audiobook of An Indigenous People's History of the United States by oh. Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. And it's outstanding. It's opening my eyes. Amazing. I, I just put that one on hold on Libby. So I'm really excited about that one. A um a friend of mine online, Dr. Debbie Reese, uh, is or has done the adaptation, the young people's adaptation of the book with Roxanne, uh, and that releases in a couple months. I want to say September. So I wanted to read the novel and then um, be able to read the, the the young people's version and see how they're different, but also just be educated. Yes. So, um, Tirza, what's something that you just currently can't stop talking about bookish or not oh okay hmm let me think about this um let's see well i'll go with not bookish since we're talking about all things bookish and right now i really love the tv show the good place i don't know if you've seen it it's hilarious yeah yeah with um not kirsten bell is it kristen bell yep kristen bell said her name wrong yeah but I've, that's like the uh yeah, the trailers look hilarious for it. I'm glad it's I'm glad you're, it's good. <laughs> it's really funny and offbeat, and I really like Kristen Bell, so I'm excited about it. Kristen Bell. Well done. I'm also streaming always, um, but season three of Stranger Things came out, and <gasps> my wife and I binged yes. it super fast, and then just went right back to season one and started going through again, and I just love it so much. So oh. yay for that. Yes. I would like to do that. My girlfriend and I watched season three and then we both turned to each other and said, we need to rewatch it. It was so good. Oh, it's just, I mean, it's, it, it's fantastic. I loved no spoilers folks, but I loved that in season one, we had like, as a, as a reader, the narrative arc that they follow is, is that none of us characters or, or um, viewers knew anything at all. And so we're all kind of discovering what this stuff is together. And then in season two, they just split all the characters up. So I think we as a viewer also feel lost. And then season three, we get to have all the knowledge because we see all the characters with all these different pieces of the puzzle. But but we, the the viewer, reader, I keep wanting to say reader, <laughs> just want to like put all the things together. So I just love, I love that the writers are taking different, different arcs that way to tell the story. That, oh, that yes. tickles me quite a bit. It was so great, and I loved that they let those characters be kids and have those moments throughout the season, even though it's pretty serious life-and-death stuff. They had some really hilarious, genuine, I think really relatable moments for a lot of, I, a lot of viewers. I would agree. 
I think they have in the series they genuinely have like beautiful middle grade moments. And this third season in particular was like, oh yeah, there were there was some really there were really good hits in there. I agree. With what happens to children <laughs> inevitably <laughs> as we grow up and we learn not to be children anymore or to try to grasp onto that. Anyway, 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 I have to ask you because I never get to ask this of people and I I I know that asking bookish people this is the greatest. So, could you just finish this line for me? Libraries are okay. Blank. Libraries are essential. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yes. I I used to work in a library. Oh, good. I I used to work (laughs) as a library assistant. So I am a huge fan of libraries. And I do think that they are absolutely essential, especially since the library I worked in was a small town library. And um, it really is kind of sobering to see just how a lot of things that we take for granted as being accessible because, oh, we have the internet these days. Um, you know, they're not accessible for everybody in a rural environment. And the library does such an amazing job of just being there for those people and, you know, filling in that gap. I think libraries, libraries do awesome jobs, period. And I think that um, unless we use them, we don't ever really get to find out about these awesome things. We just hold on to our memories from childhood of what libraries are. But today's episode is all about audiobooks. And I feel like there's a lot of great work um, with audiobooks being done in libraries and and outside of libraries and in homes and in readers' lives. So I, in continuing to get to know you, would love to know about your relationship with audiobooks. Are, do you currently listen? Did you listen as a child? So I don't recall listening to audiobooks as a kid. I do remember going to the library and seeing like the CDs in their cases and thinking, oh, no, I'm just going to get the the regular books. Um, And I don't know why I kind of had like that internalized snobbery towards audiobooks, but I did for whatever (laughs) reason. Um, But I'm happy to report that now I am an avid listener of audiobooks. I just listened to an audiobook for like six hours today while I was doing my other work. Um, and it really was due to libraries once again. So I was working as a library assistant a few years ago and our library system had just finally gotten the funds to invest in getting a digital library collection. And it was really, um, just very exciting for us because, um, we were a small library. We had a fairly you know, very good circulation numbers, but just, you know, not the funding to have a wide selection of audiobooks. And so we got this service. It was super exciting. And then like, it was like at a staff meeting, everybody kind of looked around at each other like, oh, okay, what now? Like now we actually have to learn how to use this so we can tell our patrons how to use it. And um, being the youngest person on staff and the only millennial, I was nominated to (laughs) learn how to use the system so I could explain it to our patrons. And so I said, okay, sure. And I started um, listening and we had RB Digital um, at the time. So I downloaded it and I was checking out audiobooks. And it was like, you know, one of those things where I was like, well, I'll just listen to books that kind of sound interesting, but the ones that aren't on my TBR, because I still really like reading print. And I ended up just like going through so many different audiobooks. And I was telling myself for a while, like, oh, no, this is for work. Like, I have to do this so I can talk to the patrons. And then I realized that I really, really loved it. And um, also that I was reading just so much more because I was stuffing my day with audiobooks. So that is how I got into audiobooks. And now I am never without. And I love, too, the way that you said about this book that you were just listening to today for six hours. It really speaks to your reading endurance, which is something that from a young age, we're constantly working to build up and to, uh, at least in in education, we often work to have children be aware of what it feels like to read, how long you're reading, all those, all those things, whether or not you've quote unquote lost yourself in a book. These are all things we work for children to be aware of. I've got these really great memories of, of audio paired with stories as a child. I think we would still consider them audiobooks, but I remember, I don't even know what they were called. I just 
noted it as read to me books where we would have in our classroom uh, a book that you play a cassette tape to and it would beep whenever you need to turn the page or um i remember i think it was from probably mcdonald's there was something that my my dad had uh, a a picture book or two with accompanying seven inches accompanying 45s that that you played along with and the little uh record player that they had for me some i don't know some like cheap kid one that i probably wouldn't break uh definitely had issues with the rpms <laughs> um not being steady so it always sounded like things were either slightly speeding up or slightly slowing down uh but then the next time i listened to audiobooks was harry potter uh and it was really i've i told the story on kidlet these days before but i spent time not being a reader as soon as i could read independently i just kind of didn't read and my parents aren't really readers in that way. I, I never had the the modeling of what it looks like to have reading habits. So when I was in college, I Harry Potter was hitting and there were these wonderful audiobooks narrated by Jim Dale and they just got me obsessed about reading through audiobooks. Which makes me want to ask you, because it's a discussion I've had among teachers a lot before Tears that do you consider listening to an audiobook really reading? I do, and I have not always thought that, but now I totally, totally see it. Um, I think, I mean, I think Harry Potter got a lot of people into audiobooks again, and I think that it's easy to dismiss audiobooks as not real reading if you've never listened to one, but now as somebody who who does listen to them all the time, it's, you know, how, how could it not be? It's a slightly different way to absorb and maybe process the story but i think of all the people i've known and kids i've known throughout the years who are not visual learners at all and have a really hard time just sitting still and looking at words on a page like they could be readers if you gave them um audiobooks and like something you know to do with their hands and um, you're still getting the story and all the benefits of, you know, processing and making inferences and um, fostering empathy. Like, of course, that's reading. I I think the same thing. And I love that some of my friends, this feels really awkward to say it, but I would love to to have it be less awkward. But they actually even say I was reading an audio book. They've, they've used that language, I think, to reinforce to others that that is reading also. Uh, you know, we grow up hearing books read to us. It, it shouldn't be surprising that, that that is a really great way to build fluency and to build comprehension to, to have someone read them to us in that way. But it also, I feel like, harkens back to just the way that my grandparents would would listen to shows being performed on the radio uh, and the way that books are performed in that way too. Uh, many of them actually are now literally performed that way. Some audiobooks yes. have sound effects and everything. So they, they really are working to, to, to bring listeners to a new place. Okay, so I want to get into like statistics about audiobooks because there's been a blow up in the market and I want to get to more of those details about about why audiobooks are, are, are something that all of our listeners should be considering. But first, I think we need to hop to our second sponsor. Would you mind sharing? Not at all. So this sponsor is very appropriate, considering we're talking about audiobooks. Um, <laughs> so our sponsor is Libro FM. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. So all you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. 
If you already love audiobooks and you don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, your local booksellers. Libro FM is also currently running a summer listening challenge. Each person to finish will get a free audiobook credit and the chance to win a free audiobooks for a year if you complete the challenge extra credit. So listeners of Kidlet These Days can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro FM. That's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M and enter code B-R-3. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I love Libro FM. I have a membership with them and I think they're awesome. <laughs> and shout out to them because this is Kidlet these days. They do have a new kids um, like audiobook club monthly audiobook club and you don't have to sign up for it or anything you can just check in but the cool thing about that is every month they have audiobooks for kids on deep discount and like they're not like the old buried classics or even backlist titles they're like new titles that they um sell so definitely check that out nice i love my libro account as well um I mean, I love, let's be honest, I love all the accounts because I am a heavy user of the library, but I know that the library can't always get the book out right away or somebody else has the copy and I really want to listen to the audiobook now. So I have, I think, in in my little folder, my my books folder on my phone, which doesn't contain any ebooks at all. It's all <laughs> my audio book apps. Um, I have, I think, like six or seven different apps. I'm a little ashamed to say it, but I mean... You gotta, you gotta have all the different ways to listen to all the different books. You do. It, you just have to, gotta, gotta get collect them all. Oh, <laughs> is that what the kids are nice. saying these days? It's not unlike Pokemon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> audiobooks, gotta catch them all. <laughs> okay, so, so big deal about audiobooks. I've noticed it seems like there are more and more audiobooks around. And I thought at first, it must just be because I'm I'm reviewing books because I'm working in publishing in that way. Uh, but it turns out that um, the sales have just been spiking. Uh, yesterday on Forbes, they published an article um, of the recent results from the Audio Publishers Association's latest survey. They do a survey every year. Uh, and it said, quote, U.S. publishers reported audiobook sales in 2018 that totaled $940 million, a revenue figure that has grown a full 24.5% year over year since 2017. The unit sales are up even more, rising 27.3% over 2017. And this is what I thought was really striking, too. These numbers mark the seventh year in a row that the audiobook industry has seen double-digit growth. <laughs> <laughs> making this just the latest survey to confirm what we already know about the rapid fire success of audiobooks in recent years. I also read an article though, and I, I want to credit this too. I think it goes hand in hand with podcasting, podcasting yes. exploding. I think more people are consuming content through listening. And so naturally books will be there books books have always been there when we when we all went online books were online when we um you know from the time that we were first reading to to now audiobooks having that great accessibility and i'm glad that libraries have been figuring it out along the way i am always concerned though about what parents might be thinking about for audiobooks much like i always am concerned about what parents think about comics and trying to dismantle that and help uh support those multi-sensory learners and audiobooks obviously are a great place to do that. Um, but I, I'll link to a couple of articles through our show notes that you can find at bookriot.com slash listen and find Kidlet these days, episode 10. But, um, an article through understood.org, which is an educator site, um, answer, a, a teacher was answering a, a parent question about, will listening to audiobooks make it harder for my third grader to learn to read. Um, speaking of a child that was reading below grade level. Um, and the teacher wrote back to say that it actually can improve both decoding and comprehension, that while those readers might struggle with decoding, audiobooks help provide that fluency, uh, that model of how um, sentences are read and how words are pronounced, that the child can be listening or also listening and holding the book right in front of them. Uh, and that, that task can be accomplished even easier. And again, because it's multi-sensory, listening and reading with our ears and our eyes 
Um, it helps build meaning and comprehension a little more quickly. HarperCollins also uh, published an, a, an article about how audiobooks can help improve children's literacy, which, to no surprise, um, says, you know, it gives readers the opportunity to be absorbed in a story. I love, and maybe this happened to you during your six-hour stint, Tirza, <laughs> but I love those moments of, whoa, what was just happening? I was totally lost in that story. Um, for me, it's been, I forget what how they called it on Freakonomics. They mentioned a term years ago on an episode about when you pair a task that you don't want to do with something that you enjoy doing, it makes, it sort of redefines in your brain. It re rewires your brain to like doing things, which is why people find, you know, audiobooks and podcasts to be such great ways to, um, walk the dog, wash the dishes, fold the laundry, all those tasks, because, we're engaged in a different way. And then if you're like me, you end up volunteering all the time to do those tasks because no, 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 I get to listen to my book more. It's a really good thing. What else have you um, garnered from listening to audiobooks as, as a person who listens to audiobooks? Have you found that your comprehension is different from when you, when you read a book in print or have you found um, that you, feel engaged in a different way? Sometimes, yes. There have been a few times where, and this usually happens with adult audiobooks, um, I start listening to something, and it's, if it has like a weird structure or it's a nonlinear narrative, sometimes that's harder for me to kind of keep track of as an audiobook listener. Um, and so I might put that down and go pick up the book. Um but, you know, that's I think that has more to do with, like, how I am as a reader and a person because I'm a more visual um, learner. Um, but I've found that when I listen to audiobooks, I love listening to the kid-lit audiobooks because um, I don't know if it's just the performance or the production quality. I, I feel like they are a little bit more... Um, passionate performances as a whole and so I definitely have found myself engaging with books that I might not have normally picked up if they were in print but I will listen to the audiobooks and I enjoy them so much often they're four hours long you can get yes. through an audiobook like that and I have noticed listening to a lot of these middle grade novels and sometimes I'm listening to YA but I've noticed that I recognize some of the narrators as well. Yes. And that's neat when you feel like you have really enjoyed the narrator reading you this one story. Now you get to uh, have that confidence going into the book that not only am I interested in hearing this book, but I can rest assured that I'm going to enjoy listening to the individual read it to me because that's a connection you have to make as well. Absolutely. I was engaging with some of my educator friends the other day on Facebook asking because I have this guilt, Tirza, and maybe this is something we all go through, so maybe we can air this publicly together. <laughs> but I, I have this guilt about abandoning books. I don't know why. I just feel it's so hard for me to step away from a story. But recently I've realized that that if I'm sticking with certain books and really struggling with them, sometimes it means that then I don't read. And I don't like that. I want to be able to read. So being able to walk away from a book, say, this is not the time, or this is not the book has become important. And um, I was asking my friends, how long does it take you to reach that point? Because uh, I think for me, it's like 50 pages. If I read a middle grade novel by 50 pages, I should be hooked. And if I'm not, it's it's not the right time. And with audiobooks, it's like 30 minutes. It's like a, it's like an episode of a podcast. If I'm not there, I I'm probably not going to get there right now. Absolutely. I would say that those are about my thresholds as well. Threshold. Um, yes. Ooh, better word. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No problem. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I have reached my threshold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that with audiobooks, sometimes I am not always as um, willing to give it as much as 30 minutes, but that's what I kind of try to make myself do. And I don't know why that is if I have this... Uh, childish impulse in me where like I need to be entertained and if I'm not entertained in the first five <laughs> minutes then it's no good but usually 
Um, actually, I just started an audiobook today, and I was like five minutes in, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But now I'm really into it, so I'm glad that I, I listened to half of it today, so I'm glad that I stuck it out. Oh, that's me listening to almost any adult book. I'm like, I need to give this more than five minutes because they're talking to an adult. I have to put on my grown-up pants and listen to this book. But then sometimes I'm like, ugh, Kidlet is written so much more engagingly. But we're talking to children, so it makes sense. I've been so excited. I think since we first connected to do this podcast together, I've been giddy about what books you'll recommend. And Karina and I... If I haven't been talking fast already, this is always the moment where Karina and I start talking at a million miles a minute because <laughs> we have reached the book talking segment of our show. Yay. So, Tirza, yes. I see your list. I can see it on our notes. I am so excited. And it gave me a chance to go, oh, that's your list. I'm going to do other things so we can do covering a wide swath. But I have listened to almost all of the stuff you'll you you have and it just makes me giddy because i i never get to talk to people about audiobooks and here you are this is perfect excellent so listeners listeners two things one if you have any other book recommendations hit us up by emailing us at kidlit these days at bookriot.com i want to hear do you listen to audiobooks do your students or your kids listen to audiobooks what are you listening to that's awesome that we all should be listening to and likewise if you want to find these recommendations that we are about to rapid fire go through find them at bookriot.com slash listen and again find episode 10 of kidlet these days and we'll have we'll have everything here for you you don't have to try to take notes on your phone while you're driving <laughs> be safe but uh cheers why don't we go um we'll just take turns you you share i share and we'll do as many as we can over the next I don't know, 10, 10 or so minutes. Perfect. Okay, so the latest uh, Kidlit audiobook that I listened to was Two Dogfish from Night Owl by Meg Wallitzer and Holly Goldberg Sloan. And this is a fun book because it's kind of like a reverse parent trap. So it's about these two 12-year-old girls who connect over email. And the entire book is told in um, epistolary form. So it's emails back and forth. And they connect over email. They live on opposite sides of the country. And one of them has just found out that their dads are dating and that they're planning on sending them to the same summer camp so they can get to know each other. (laughs) And of course, they're both like, ugh, ew, no. We don't want our dads (laughs) to date. So they determine that they're not going to become friends. They're not going to become sisters for sure. And they are, in fact, going to try to split up their dads. And of course, the plans change because they have to go to summer camp and it was so so funny so so heartfelt um i really liked it too because the summer camp that they go to is in michigan which is where i am and so the setting (laughs) um, felt familiar and they give a shout out to um another performing arts um place here in Michigan. They don't, um, they give it a fictional name, but it's totally interlocking Michigan, which is not very far from where I am. Um, this book was so funny. It was also one of those ones where we were talking about, um, has more of a performance quality to it because it had a lot of fun sound effects and it also had a full cast narration. Um, so some of my favorite narrators were in there, including Bonnie Turpin, who I think is fantastic. And she voices all of the grandmother's sections. So again, that's two dogfish from Night Owl by Meg Wallitzer and Holly Goldberg Sloan. My memory of that book, among other things, also I really love that you are outing the book and you're like, we all know what that real place is. You're (laughs) such an insider. It's so perfect. But I love when the girls are um, emailing each other and you get over audio. I'm sure it works really well in the book as well. Listeners, you know, when you when you email each other in a long chain, it just says re, re. But in the audiobook, the narrators are actually reading re, 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 re. And they just keep going. They and it's do. hilarious that they just keep going with it. The, they really commit to preserving exactly what Meg and Holly put down on paper. And I just, I thought it was hilarious. It was pretty funny. So immediately that comes to mind. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to go first with The First Rule of Punk by Celia Perez. Uh, This is one of my favorite middle grade novels. And to hear a story about a girl who's... Well, this is sort of multifaceted, the the way that I value this story uh, about this girl whose parents have separated. Um, She's sort of 
finding her way here at this new school while um, dad is in Mexico. She has this great connection to punk rock and um, has an opportunity to perform at the school's talent show. So she forms this punk band. It's a kid who's really into making zines. There's all these really great connections to, I think it's fair to say to Celia's childhood, but also in that way to just the way that a child can connect with with their world, with their interests, with their parents. Uh, it works on so many different levels that way. And it just is such a fun read that to, to be able to consume it over audio and to have all the mention of, of, of Mexican punk rock bands and all that was just something I lost myself in. And uh, I have then like hand recommended to all of the children I've, I've taught. Um, First Rule of Punk by Celia Perez. She has a new one coming out called Strange Birds. comes out in September. There'll be an audiobook for that. I can't wait to get into it. I love that book. I actually read it in print, but I kind of wish I had um, read the audiobook because I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. And I'm so excited for her new one. Um, you know, it's nice, too, to say those books that have visual elements, often tears, I'm sure you've run into it, too. They provide the audio file for the images for the zine. So when I read, when I listened to, uh, when I read First Roll of Punk on audiobook, um, I was able to access the images of all of the um, zines that were included in the book as well. That's so you're not awesome. missing out in that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten that it had that visual element, but that's really cool to hear because um, those zines were absolutely, um, totally integral to the plot. So... Yeah. Um, so my next pick is this season of Sticks Malone by Kakla Magoon. Um, this book was so so funny. Um, my my strongest memory from this book was in the very beginning. These two brothers go to a Fourth of July party with their father and their baby sister. Their mother has to work. And they go and like, you know, at these sorts of get togethers, the kids are all running wild in the backyard and um, somebody has brought fireworks and they decide that they need these fireworks. Like they really, really want them. And so the kid who's got them is like, what are you going to trade me for them? And they end up trading their baby sister (laughs) which is just so ridiculous and hilarious. And I grew up with four brothers, so I'm like, yep, I could totally see this happening. Um, So obviously, you know, they they do. They trade their baby sister for a bag of fireworks. It does not go well. Um, But that kind of sets the stage for this entire book, which is about these two brothers who are very sheltered and they're kind of intentionally kept from seeing the wider world by their father who is very concerned for their safety because this is a black family and um you know he's he's just all too aware of the dangers that exist for young black boys in this world and even though that um that, that doesn't really hang too heavy on the plot, but it is always there just kind of underneath the surface. And these boys are really kind of testing the limits of their world. And so they make um, have this friendship with an older boy who aids them in testing these limits. And they engage in the great... Um, what's it called? The Great Escalator Exchange, I think it is, where you exchange one thing for something just slightly a little bigger, and then you keep working your way up. So the idea is you could start with a paperclip and end up with something really big that you really want. And of course, it just goes um, completely sideways. So I love this book because it kind of reminded me of Christopher Paul Curtis's books. Um, yeah, that's a great connection. Yeah, it, it does. It, just because it, they're family, they're funny, but underneath all the humor and the funny, um, you know, escapades, there's like this element of like serious, heartfelt, um, you know, issues that, that kids definitely face. So that is The Season of Sticks Malone by Kekla Magoon. It's totally fantastic. Oh, and Christopher Paul, did you listen to his um, his new book on audiobook? The, what was it called? The Big Journey of Little Charlie? That, oh, oh no, I haven't. I think I have it audiobook. audiobook. fantastic for that. Oh, good. It was good wonderful. Really wonderful. Uh, I'll have to make sure I, I add that. Okay, I want to jump to The Bridge Home by Badma Venkatraman, 
which is uh, another outstanding novel. Uh, two sisters are orphaned as um, mom is staying with an abusive husband and the girls just can't stay there anymore. So these two girls um, leave and have to survive. But it's it's a, a story about being out on the street. It's a story about independence and looking out for one another, for caring for your family. They end up um, meeting two other children. Uh, they find a dog that has such a beautiful role in this story. And um, the entire book is narrated by one of the sisters who is sort of the caretaker for the other sister. And I found it really touching. And I also wanted to bring it up because the author actually reads the book. She uh, auditioned for, I <laughs> had spoken to her, uh, had interviewed her on the Children's Book Podcast, that she uh, had to audition for the role of narrator on her audiobook. And to hear an author read her story is something really special. And she does it really, really well, too. It's The Bridge Home by Badma Venkatraman. I have to try so hard Here's the not to spoil the ending, because all I want to do is talk about the ending of this book. So I'm going to just not tell you hardly anything about the book. That way you could just go read it. It's so good. Well, you just saying that to me makes me want to go read it, because now I know that it's got to be something good. It's one of those stories where, okay, have you had this, where you talk about books that feel like they're made to be read aloud? There are middle grade novels that I can tell you this author knew that teachers and parents were going to read this book aloud to children. And so they made their language work beautifully aloud. They made every word count. Like a picture book makes every word count. They made their novel have every word count. And this is a book like that for me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I think that, um, yeah, having great read alouds, it's so important. Um, so, okay, I'm going to go to my next book, which is also read by the authors, and that is actually a nonfiction title for kids called Becoming Madeline. Um, and it's a biography of the author of A Wrinkle in Time, Madeline Lengel, and it's written by her granddaughters, Charlotte Jones Voigtless and Lena Roy. So this was such a great biography about Madeline Lengel. I didn't know much about her. I read this when a Wrinkle in Time movie was coming out and I was really excited about it. So this was last summer and the audiobook is fairly short, but it's so packed with information, like just such a wealth of information about her childhood and her influences. And um, it really just covers her life from childhood up until the point when she published A Wrinkle in Time, which is, I think, um, when she was in her early 40s. So um, her granddaughters narrate this, which I think is just so special. Um, wow. And they include a lot of her letters in this um, book. So one of her granddaughters narrates the bulk of the um, narrative, and then the other narrates her letters. And um, you can just hear the love they have for their grandmother while they're reading this book. And I think you can see it in the book itself. And another thing that I was very impressed with is I thought that despite being so close to their subject, um, you know, like just close familial through familial connection, but also you can tell that they were very close to her um, when she was alive. Um, I think they do a really good job of trying to see her as an author and as a human being and not just their grandmother. So um, you do see kind of parts where they talk about her faults and they talk about her regrets. Um, but overall, it's just this really great um, book for, for kids and anybody who's just like discovering Madeline Langle's work um, to learn more about the author and be like really inspired by her. Um, Cause she was a pretty cool lady. Have you ever heard her audiobooks? No. Okay, I, I, I need to tell you. I, I'm going to tell you that because this I can't keep to myself. Okay. Okay, so one of the most memorable, maybe my absolute favorite audiobook is Matt, and she, she reads all of her books, Madeline Langle reading A Wrinkle in Time. I have never oh. heard a book read with more... With, with, with more of a sense of urgency and I need 
you to hear this story and we need to follow Meg and we need to get back Charles Wallace. She reads in a way that's still, I bet I haven't listened to it in five or six years, but I've listened to that audiobook maybe six or seven times. It's so powerful. And she just, she just cared about those words. She made that story count. Uh, I have no doubt that, that her grandchildren, uh, really saw something special in their grandmother and in their stories and in that relationship, um, in being able to write becoming Madeline about her. Um, it's that I, I would, I would urge everyone to listen to Madeline Langle reading, if nothing else, reading a wrinkle in time. It's, it's an outstanding experience. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, oh, so good. I'm like, I, I, I'm like jumping up and down on my seat. <laughs> I can't even contain myself. Uh, I'm watching our time. We're running out of time. Um, why don't I share one more, uh, story and then we'll do sort of a lightning round, just naming off these books. Um, but there's there's one book that audiobook that breaks the mold in a lot of the things that we were talking about, and I want to make sure I shine a light on it. And that's Roller Girl by Victoria Jameson. Uh, the graphic novel Roller Girl that won the Newbery Honor was recently adapted into an audiobook with a full cast and sound effects, and it's exceptional. And I I pondered a lot: why would you make a graphic novel into an audiobook? But then I thought about all of those readers who might not be able to read an audiobook, but could then enjoy listening to it and reading it alongside it. Or um readers that, that um are that that are not sighted readers and so they're able to listen to the audiobook and enjoy that way. I was just blown away not only by how well the story works as an audiobook, because I had only read the graphic novel and then when I listened to the audiobook I didn't look at the graphic novel at all. I just listened and enjoyed it and was just uh transported. I really loved to hear Astrid's story again. This girl who uh, parts ways with her best friend to go try a different kind of camp, to try roller derby, and ends up really finding a place and an identity there. That's a wonderful, wonderful graphic novel and um, a, a really outstanding audiobook. So, Tirza, why don't you um, go through the other books that you had listed so we make sure that, that we really pile on the the audio tbr pile that's got to yes. be a thing uh um, so that uh, our so friend have a whole lot to listen to this summer absolutely uh so front desk by kelly yang was one of my favorite audiobook reads of this year so far it's just a really great book about a young immigrant girl and it, the narration was excellent and then I feel like I have to give a shout out to Karina's wonderful book, The Vander Beekers of 141st Street, which I read in audio um, and I thought it was totally, totally charming. The narrator is fantastic. I love all the voices she does for all of the characters. So definitely <laughs> read that book as well. If you haven't already, I assume many of you have if you listen to this podcast, but yeah, this both is books. Your... The second book will make you the second book will make you cry yes it's so sweet oh i know karina. i can't wait for and her third. third is about to come out i know <laughs> oh karina yan glaser you are so amazing she's on okay. fire she, yeah no doubt i heard her podcast on book Riot is awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hear it's pretty good too <laughs> uh yeah shout out to kidlet these days <laughs> i'm sorry but i digress any 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 other ones to share um, let's see. Well, I haven't read this one yet, but it's on my um, audio TBR. And it's Oh, goodness, I didn't write it down. So I'm gonna blank on the title. Um, Dragon Pearl by Yoon Ha Lee, um, which is a middle grade sci fi. And I'm really excited to read that one probably starting next week. Oh, cool. Here are mine quickly. And these have outstanding narrators. They're really wonderful books. And often this author has other books that also have been adapted into audiobooks. Jason Reynolds, a prolific middle grade and YA author. Uh, if you haven't listened to Ghost or any of the others in the series, I feel like that's a great place to start. Rebound and the crossover by Kwame Alexander, uh, read by Kwame. So to hear him read his poems 
is is something so special. I I imagine it's it's much like what um, children are experiencing when they get to meet Kwame at school visits and things like that. But to be able to uh, learn how to read aloud poetry by listening to an audiobook is something really cool. I really loved A Crack in the Sea by H.M. Bowman. I haven't read her second book, but um, I know it's a, going to be a trilogy. Can't, I'm blanking on the name. I think it's called A Tear in the Ocean. Um, but then the, the uh, Unicorn Rescue Society series by Adam Gidwitz and various authors is for younger readers and super, super, super fun to listen to. Uh, there's, uh, the I think, the most recent one where David Bowles co-authors it is about Chupacabra and the border wall. And it's wonderful. And then the final book I wanted to give a shout out to is Brian Jake's Redwall series, because he not only has a full cast, but he uh, 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 allegedly or apocryphally um, would have all of his friends over to his house to perform his book with uh, something like 15 to 20 different voices performing and also performing original music on the productions, like minstrel music. Oh it's goodness. so good. The Redwall books, they're long. They're like, I don't know, 11 or 12 hours, but they're, you know, outstanding. And they're sort of animals doing Lord of the Rings kind of stories. They're fantastic with all the plot twists of, well, not all the plot twists of Game of Thrones because it's appropriate for middle grade, but there's lots <laughs> of plot twists. <laughs> So oh. before we go, first, let me just say, Tirza, it was so wonderful having you on. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, good. Well, I hope you come back. I, I uh, <laughs> Inevitably, we're going to have some need where we have to put up the bat signal looking for help and knowing uh, the love that you have for Kid Lit and for libraries and just the act of reading is something really special. So thank you for that. Uh, listeners, remember show notes at bookriot.com slash listen. We mentioned a lot of books and we want to make sure that you're able to find those to access those. Thank you for joining us. As always, we would love your feedback as well on this podcast and always appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, you also help other people find us. You can find me, Matthew Winner on Twitter at at Matthew Winner. If you want to follow me as well, I am on Twitter and on Instagram um, on at Tears of Price, and my name is spelled T I R Z A H P R I C E. Wonderful. We would love to hear what you're thinking about and what you would like to see on the show next. Until then, may your coming days be storied, and may those good stories keep on coming. Thank you.